Welcome to Riding Tandem, a podcast about building businesses, leadership, and creating positive impact for our communities. I'm your host, Vivian Kavam, and I invite you to ride tandem with me as I have candid conversations with inspiring business owners, leaders, and experts who are building on their dreams and creating impact. Get ready to be encouraged and learn practical tactics to help us build successful businesses, become incredible leaders, and have positive ripple effect. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Riding Tandem. Well, buckle up. We have a first time for today guest that is super special to me. I have invited my husband onto the podcast today, and we're just going to have a very candid conversation I am not sure exactly how this is going to go. I've never had my own husband on the podcast before, but I think we'll be able to keep everything all pretty, pretty friendly here. We're a pretty friendly couple overall, but I'm excited to have him because as you all know, I love entrepreneurism. I love small businesses and I love encouraging you all to either continue in your small business, to be good leaders in your business, try to bring you some of the latest tips and hacks and help in your business. But I also love those of you out there who maybe haven't stepped into running your own business yet and are thinking about it. And so you're listening in to go, well, can you give me kind of a behind the scenes look? I want to look behind the curtain. I want to know what this is like. Maybe this is for me. And just pour encouragement into you that you can do this. And so what's exciting about all this is my husband, my very own husband, Troy Burris, has stepped out on his own into his own business. He might have had a little bit of influence from me. That could be the case. But he left his job as an assistant meat manager at a local Hy-Vee, which is a large grocery store chain here in the area. He's been doing that for years and years and years. And he stepped out of that role in April to go full time as a landscape photographer. And some of you have heard me like allude to this, refer to this over the last few episodes, but now we're bringing him on. So welcome to my husband, Troy. Well, hello. It's about time, I think. (laughs) He has said a couple times, he's like, so when do I get to be on your podcast? And I was like, when you start your own business, babe. (laughs) Yeah. And then she tells me when you apply as well. That's right. There's a link. Yeah. You got to apply to be on this podcast. (laughs) And I jumped the line. So here I am. He did jump the line. And so to be clear, yes, if if you are interested in being on the podcast or you know somebody interested in being on the podcast, there is a link on the website. I'll make sure it gets dropped down here in the notes. But we do invite people to be on. We ask them just to fill out a quick questionnaire for that. So Thanks for bringing that up. Troy did jump the line, did not fill out the link, but I vetted him. I think he's all right to be here. He has some good wisdom to share today. And the reason why we decided to do this and have him jump the line is we just did the Iowa State Fair together. And on the drive back, I said, I think you need to get on the podcast because we need to talk about this experience. So Troy... Bring us up to date here. Well, let's back up in the story, right? You quit your job in April. That'd be correct. Let's talk about that a little bit. Why'd you quit your job? What were you thinking? What's going through your head right now? Because you're in the newbie stages of entrepreneurship, which I love. And it's also kind of a horrific roller coaster at the same time. 
Oh, it's it's frustrating at times for sure. Keeping track of everything, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you you forget you forget what you've done with your day. Mm. So you, you forget to write some stuff down. But mm. yeah, so I quit my job in April when Vivian and I first met, our first date, she asked me, you know, what what my goals were in life. And, and originally it was to be a part-time meat cutter and full-time photographer and going out and shooting these amazing landscapes. Since the time we met and it's evolved to wanting to shoot century farms and heritage farms and try to tell the story of the farmer, try to keep the family motivated and in the farm. And so that's where we are today. But uh, so yeah, I quit my job in April, like what, three weeks in, mm-hmm. I get a uh, shot to do the tulip time in Pella. So we pack up with only about 24 hour notice. I took what I had, which it was a decent amount of product, but not not like a lot. Like I probably would have done it a little different, brought a little more product out. But we did it. And it was three days. They ended up closing it early due to the storms. But a couple came into my booth on day two. Mm-hmm. They were- and before you go further... For those who don't know, in Pella, they have uh, tulip time and there's a Dutch market. And so it's like an outdoor market where you get you can have a space, set up a tent, and there's crafters there. So just to give paint a little context in there for everyone. So that's tulip time. So day two, you're in tulip time. Also, from my perspective, this was kind of a wild time because, Troy, you when we had first talked, you had planned that you would probably stay part-time at your job and that did not work out. You decided not to stay part-time, the different stores you applied at, it just, it it didn't work out. So now you are full-time with no part-time income. That that is correct, yeah. So I I offered my services, the days that I had available didn't didn't work and and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes a clean break is good. I have, you know, I might, for the holidays, maybe go cut some, you know, prime rib or something for them if, if, they, if needs be. But at this point, I'm not really counting on that. Yeah. So plans change is yeah. the moral of the story at this point. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I, you're out at the Pella market. Troy gives me a call. We talked about doing this market and he applied for the market, but then got put on a wait list. We're like, okay, maybe won't. Some friends of ours live there. They said, hey, be ready because you'll even on the wait list, you'll probably get to go. And Troy, you were kind of like, well, I don't know. You didn't really do any prep for that because you weren't thinking it was going to work out. Well, yeah, I was like fifth on the list. I'm thinking how many people are going to back out? It, it, Pella t- or tulip time is is pretty big deal in Pella. They get about 150,000 people coming through there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm fifth on the list. No one, you know, it's it's a long shot. And yeah, we do have connections there. And I still kind of thought it was going to be a long shot. So yeah, I, I kind of drug my, my feet on that one. And your wife's on sure. the sidelines like, you should probably get things together just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, w- there was some whispering in my ear. Mm-hmm. So then you get this call and Troy calls me and you said, hey, this is like 24 hour notice, maybe a couple hours more. It was like a day. I get a call from Troy and Troy, you said, hey, they called. And I'm like, imagine that. I knew that was coming, right? And uh, they have a spot. And I said, well, you said yes, right? And he goes, well, I don't know. Are we ready? And I'm like, you call them back right now. You don't pass up these opportunities. At the same time, I was kind of stressed out because we weren't ready. We weren't. And 
I'm definitely a little more laid back and kind of, I'm good at, like like Michaela, Vivian's business partner, I'm good at throwing things together last mm-hmm. minute. So sometimes I put things off a little bit because <laughs> I know in, in my heart and in my brain that everything's just going to come together. It always does. It, it's just, I don't know why I'm wired that way, but I'm wired that way. But I, I've learned because the next show, I definitely planned ahead a lot more. But so we're doing tulip time mm-hmm. and talking to other vendors, kind of getting the lay of the land. This is my first big show. Up until then, I've only done a few smaller shows for the Ralston Makers Market. And, I mean, that's a, a three-hour event. Yeah, and it's really casual. Like, you just pop up a tent and a table. and Yeah, yeah. And just have a few conversations with whoever's mingling around. They have live music. Sometimes they have food trucks. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a more laid-back event. And so... Going into tulip time, it's a bigger event. It was my first one. I just left my job. We just, I, well, let me rewind a little bit. I just got back from a two-week road trip as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, went through some family stuff at the same time. Some heavy family stuff. His stepdad was in hospice. And it, so I want to make sure to, like, that's part of the podcast is like letting people know it's not all put together. Like you see what you see on social media, but Troy's going through a transition with job. Money is not what we thought it was going to be. The part-time didn't work out. He still went and took a trip, was planning to spend a full month out on a trip. His stepdad is in hospice and cuts the trip a little bit shorter to come home. There was a lot of wild stuff going on. And then you get a call. Hey, do you want to come do this market? And it's a big risk on top of all the other things going on. Yeah, it was a big risk. But it was only the the, the fee to do the space wasn't outrageous. I, I felt confident that I could make that back. So we go. We pack up. We, we stay on my wife's family or really close and good friend of hers yes and uh, we stay on their farm and kind of just truck into town truck out of town during the tulip time festival and uh, it was i thought it was successful for for something that size it was stressful it it was but day two day day two some angels arrived in our in our booth yes so where i'm talking to other people and i have an older couple that are that's in the booth and they're they're not really talking to us but they're really checking everything out mm-hmm. they're they're looking at everything reading the material and taking just pictures taking pictures and I'm kind of like what's going on behind me yeah they hung around for a long time and asked a lot of questions yeah I, I was definitely felt like I was getting interviewed <laughs> kind of, I felt like this like I'm getting interviewed now yeah. but you know so we, we had a good conversation with them and at the end they, they asked do you live in Iowa I said yes I live in Council Bluffs they said would you be interested in doing the Iowa State Fair it's 10 days it's this much for the booth we're in the walnut center it is air conditioned so they say (laughs) (laughs) the the last two days of the fair got pretty hot and and air conditioner couldn't hold up but that's fine we we went to a walmart and got some fans and it worked just fine but uh, yeah so gary and cindy stopped by and and they talked to me for 
probably 15, 20 minutes and pretty much interviewed me to see if I'd be a fit for the Walnut Center. Yeah, and I think the the thing to point out here, the lesson, I guess I would say at this point is you stepped out and you took a big risk unprepared, not fully prepared. You had prepared some things in the middle of a lot going on in life, some pretty heavy things going on, on top of, you know, travel, on top of all these things. But this is a piece of designing your own story is, you know, knowing when even sometimes in a hard season, you're still going to step out and take a risk and you're going to go for it because you just never know how things are going to line up. I would agree with that. And it, it's curious. So a year ago, we get gifted a camper. And we're kind of like, what are we going to do with this camper? Mm-hmm. It's 24 feet long. It's a 1986 Jayco J. And it's kind of heavy for my little Nissan, but it can pull it. You know, it, it doesn't pull it real well, but we get around with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are we going to do with this? And it turns out, is a perfect home base while you're doing the Iowa State Fair. Mm-hmm. So we took it out. It has air conditioning. Some, some things are still needing some work, and I plan on fixing those before uh, the end of camping season. But it's just, it's weird how all these things have come together. And, you know, it's like we've asked for them, but not like we're not going out and asking people. We're, mm-hmm. It's more of praying for it and just kind of, helping need some guidance Mm -hmm. in in where we're going and then it just it seems like everything just keeps falling into place it it just keeps going yeah and it it does things fall into place and this has been my journey for years now with running my own businesses is you hit these points where you're like how can this possibly work like it just it can't there's no it's not going to work or there's no money there is no money what are we going to do Or, you know, you're trying to get something together and just everything keeps hitting you out of nowhere. But then there's these things that line up if you keep playing the game. And that was the one of the guests we just had on a conversation. And I love the metaphor she used, Jennifer. She used this metaphor basically like you're programmed to win. It's like a video game. You're programmed to win, but not if you don't play the game. If you don't play the game, you'll stay stuck on whatever whatever level you're in. And so I think that's just a huge takeaway there. But one of the things we wanted to talk about was what have the takeaways been so far with doing booths and those live events? Because that's a whole different type of business. And I know for many of you out there, this is something that's of interest to you or maybe you're doing this where you have something where you might go to festivals, to fairs, to events, to craft shows, and you would have a booth space and you might be looking for some of those tips and takeaways. And we just lived it for 10 days at the Iowa State Fair, which was a lot. That <laughs> You hear 10 days and you go, yeah, that sounds like a long time. We hit day four and I literally was like, I just don't know if I can do this again but you have to keep showing up. And so we just thought it would be helpful to pop on here with this episode and talk through. We have 10, 10 tips that we wanted to share from lived experience less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. We just got back. So should we jump into these? Uh, let's do it. Let's see if I remember what we talked about this morning. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So brains are a little bit fried because, okay, this is, 
we're both introverted people. And we did 10 days in a 13 by 13 foot space in a building. And they were 11 hour days plus arrival early and a little clean up and go home. Drove an hour because it was the closest we could find to stay in our camper. Crash, eat dinner, crash, go to bed, get up in the morning, drive back again for 10 days. This is an introvert's worst nightmare. It ends up being like 110 hours and talking to 11 million people. It might be an exaggerated number, but the fair brings in a lot of people. And so, yeah, introvert's worst nightmare. We survived it and we have 10 tips to share with you so you can survive an event like that too, if that's something you want to try. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of people, just a lot of peopling. It's, <laughs> you know, it, I, I held together, I thought, pretty well until about day eight. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was, I was having trouble communicating. <laughs> it was like <laughs> people are talking to you and you're just like out of words. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're interested in what they're saying and you're trying to stay in there and you're trying to keep the conversation going, but your brain just isn't working for a little bit. And, and we found that actually taking a break, going for a little walk, getting some fresh air. And also... Is your, that's your tip number one is pace yourself. Yes, pace yourself. We were standing a lot at the beginning. I, I would probably sit a little more, but at, at the beginning, you don't know. You mm-hmm. know you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be up there. I'm going to talk to everybody that passes. We're going to try to get them in the booth to just talk to them about what the projects are that I'm working on, the Century Farm photography and all that. And so you're standing. And you're talking to everybody that's passing and you're standing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's important to think about how long is your event. So if it's just one day or like with Pella, it was three days, you have to consider what pace can you keep up for the length. So for the fair, it was 10 days. And we probably started off at a pace thinking more like our previous experiences, which was three hours or three days. And so thinking ahead and going, okay, so this is a, if this is a one day event, then pacing yourself looks totally different than a 10 day event. And you may want to stand more, but even then you might think a little bit about what energy level you're going to bring and how can you make sure to keep that energy level up? Do you need to have a friend there with you who can give you a rest? Do you need to go take a quick walk around outside? Do you need to swing through the booze? Do you have water? Do you have snacks? Can somebody give you, you know, a, a rest for a minute? There's different ways to think about that, but definitely pacing yourself. And if you're going to do a long stretch like that, then you do want to think about, do you want something squishy to stand on under your feet? Do you want a chair? That is one of the things I would say, though, you know, we're going to talk about this in some of our other tips. You don't want to sit the whole time because you want to keep people engaged. So we'll jump into that in a minute, but... How do you take those breaks when there is a lull? That's when you sit. When it gets busy, that's when you're up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that completely. And another thing, if you are sitting and someone wants to shake your hand and introduce themselves, I always made sure I got up, shook their hand, and engaged them in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, And that's tip number two, stay engaged. So you've got to pace yourself, but you've also got to stay engaged and... We talked about this a lot of, you know, we definitely saw more people and more sales or more good, valuable conversations when we engaged people. And we didn't just say, 
yes or no type of questions. We asked questions that required answers. Yes. Like, I don't know if this is for you, but I have this in, in this size as well. Because mm-hmm. not everybody has room on their wall for the big print. Not everybody has the money for the big print. Right. And that's fine. But I also offered other sizes or was willing to order any of the prints. Yeah, and asking a question of them. So in Troy's case with landscape photography, the farm photography, you know, rather than just saying something generic like, oh, how are you doing today? And everyone kind of gives a, oh, good. You want to ask a question that keeps the conversation going and shows that you're interested and engaged. So, you know, when somebody would come up and maybe admire something, we would ask a question like, oh, have you visited there before? Or is there something about that picture that draws you in? Or we might ask a question, even we'd ask questions not about our or your work, our work, but we'd ask questions about that. Hey, have you tried any of the great fair food yet? What's been your favorite? So something to get a conversation going versus just a kind of generic question or something where they can say yes or no. Are you guys having a good time? Yeah. It doesn't really lead to a conversation. No, and half the time it just leads for them to walk by. But if you say, hey, this is my photography. I've traveled all over. Here's some Iowa photography as well. I've been to several places and and Mm -hmm. counties of Iowa. And just engage them in general and show interest in what they have to say as well. I mean, that that worked really well. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's huge. You know, you go to these markets sometimes and you will see people who just like maybe sit behind their booth, behind their piles of stuff, and they like read a book. You know, you're not as likely to step in and you're definitely leaving sales on the table. And you're just leaving good connections on the table. I think that was huge that we learned is that not everything was about a sale. It was about making a connection, building relationship, building a community. You know, you want people to join your email list or to engage with you on social media or just to be a great human and have a great connection with somebody versus spending 11 hours, you know, on your cell phone, sitting in a chair behind your booth. Which we could have easily have done. Totally. I mean, that would have gotten boring. Yeah. I, even though I'm introverted, I, I do enjoy hearing people's stories. And I, I like talking to people. I like meeting mm-hmm. people. I like to know where they came from. So yeah. that, that was a, a real good aspect of what you and I were doing was to engage people and to find out their story, find out what was important to them. Also, they gave us good tips on stuff mm-hmm. they would like to see that they might purchase in the future. So mm-hmm. we, we have ideas of what to go into in with for next year yeah and so that kind of leads great into tip number three we came up with which was to be grateful be grateful for being there have a great attitude smile at people be enthusiastic and then show your gratitude towards them and that was something i think you did a great job of whether people made a purchase or not no, I, I, I invited them into the booth. We had, most of the time we had conversations. People liked the work. They gave feedback, but not all of them bought something, but at least they came in and I got to have a conversation and they got to enjoy my photos. So I, I was very grateful for those people that stopped by, said hi. It was, it was just good to connect. I mean, 
we would look around in other vendors and other places and they're just sitting there on their phones. I'm like, that does, doesn't look fun at all. Yeah. Some of the other buildings we walked through, I think we were in a really good building with some great people, but some of the other buildings we walked through, like, you know, people are just kind of zoned out and you can tell there's a difference in the vibe, which I think is important to point out that you also have an effect on your neighbor's sale, right? And we're all in this together. And so if you're bringing the vibe down by not being engaging, then when they walk into the next person's booth, the vibe's just, you know, down and all that. And I think that was great about our building is that everyone was very collaborative and quick to say, oh, you know, did you see this over there? Or you might like to check that out. So being a good neighbor, like if you're going to have a booth, be a good neighbor. It's not all about you and your sale. It's about everyone succeeding together. So a little bonus tip, that wasn't one we had talked about, but I think is important. Also, with the be grateful tip, show your gratitude when people do make a purchase for sure. And I loved, Troy, that you did such a great job of showing the same amount of enthusiasm and gratefulness to somebody who bought a $5 magnet as you did to somebody who bought a $240 print. And I think that's important that you are showing that to everyone. Well, each and every person that's helping, I mean, it's keeping the dream alive. It's, it is money in the pocket, you know, it, it's paying off debt that I, I took on going into the fair. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they found what I have to offer good enough for their house. Yeah. So it, not to be grateful is just crazy, I think. I, I think anybody that's helping you out, and it might be from years of working retail, but yeah, I mean, you're taught, hey, these people are helping you out. They are purchasing your product, whether you're, whatever your product is. Say thank you. Yes, say thank you. Be grateful. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four we came up with was take a chance. And we talked about this a bit. You took a chance, one, on just going to do the booth in the first place, right? There's a lot of expense that goes into that and a lot of time. You also took a chance on a product, coasters. How'd that go? Yeah, so we we tried out a different coaster than what I usually go with. I I wanted to find something, you know, that, that was affordable, something that people could put in their pocket and walk away with, and it's functional art. So I've tried coasters before. I had acrylic coasters. The pictures were a little more vibrant, I mm-hmm. guess, in those. And on these... And they sell well. Yeah, they, they were selling well. So we did, what do they call them, Thirsty Stones? Yep, Thirsty Stones. A little different finish. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Not quite as vibrant, but you could still see the photo pretty well. Mm-hmm. And we thought going in that we would need <laughs> a thousand of these things. Home we, run. Yeah. Oh, this is easy sell, easy sell. Because we've been selling coasters. Yeah, and, and so I didn't go with quite a thousand. Eight hundred, right? Yes, eight hundred. And how many did we come home with? We did get rid of one full box, so yeah. maybe, maybe we sold two hundred of them. Maybe, maybe we'll have to count. We'll count yeah, it up, and I'm, I'm going to go through and and see how many we sold. They didn't sell well. They did not. They did not. But they're cool, and uh, definitely be. And still available. Yeah, still available. <laughs> we'll still be selling them. I mean, we'll put a link in the notes. <laughs> Christmas is coming up, guys. That's so, right. you know. 
Well, and that's the interesting thing is like sometimes you have to take a chance and you don't know how it's going to work. And sometimes it's a home run and sometimes it isn't. And you took a chance, but you didn't at the time think it was a huge chance because you had sold coasters before, but you wanted a different price point. So, you know, and you're trying to figure out inventory for things like this, how many, and we didn't know. And what I love is that you did do some research. You got a hold of other vendors with similar price point items, not apples to apples, but just to find out. So yeah, you were taking a chance, but you didn't feel like it was, you know, a total shot in the dark. Yeah, I didn't think it was risky to order that many. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we were thinking, oh, is that enough? Right. It is. <laughs> right, it was. And you never know. Like sometimes it's just the vibe of that crowd. If the weather was different, if the concert had been different, you know, it, you just don't know 100% what's going to happen at an event like that. And you just have to take a chance sometimes. And and we did. And we also took a chance with magnets. Mm-hmm. Which, I I mean, we did pretty well. Could have ordered more of those. Yeah, probably yeah. could have. We, I think I went in with 400. We came back with less than 100. Mm-hmm. And they're a big hit. The kids liked them. But people were asking for stickers. And when we were filling out the paperwork, it said no stickers. I was like, well, it's my first go around. I don't <laughs> want to make anybody mad right off the bat. So we won't do stickers. But next year... We'll probably be doing stickers. Yeah. And I think what it was is, you know, you're trying to feel all this stuff out and you're reading through all the things. I think what we've discovered is they just don't want you handing out free stickers because then people stick them on things. So live and learn. I think we'll be okay for doing some stickers next year. Yeah. And and all the vendors pretty much said that. Yeah. Yeah. There's been times in the past where everybody was handing out free stickers and they would end up on all the light poles. And that's just not a good look. That's not what the Iowa State Fair wants. And I get it. No one wants that. So that leads me well to our next tip, which was smalls. Make sure you have small, your small items, something that people can take easily with them if your items tend to be bigger. Yeah, definitely affordable, small items that people are going to appreciate. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. any anything that you do, like a market, you need to have some of that. I know people... Cash and carry, like easy, yes. stick it in their purse or their bag. Yep, cash and carry. And then also, well, we'll probably get into this in a second, so I'll let... You're going to hold on to that one? Yeah, I'll hold on to that one okay. for a second. Yeah, so that's important. And it also just draws people in where they see your big stuff, but then they go, well, I I can't afford or don't want to. My priorities are not with a $900 piece of wall art, but I would love to have this $60 print or this $20 print or this $5 magnet. And so those smalls really help you cover the costs of your booth so that you have some things, you know, moving through your booth and it's a conversation piece. It gets people to come over when people see other people at your booth, that's important. They see some money going back for, they're like, oh, okay, something's happening over there. It must be valuable. I'm going to come over too. So those smalls are really important. Okay. So I think we're on tip number seven. Let's see, five, six. I think we're on number seven. I might've skipped. I might have to stop with the numbers. I've lost track. Next tip would be to set goals. Let's talk about that a little bit. So... The first day we didn't, you know, we didn't know what to expect. We knew it was going to be a slow day. So we didn't really set a goal for that day, but it was a, what, it was a Thursday. Mm -hmm. Thursday. Yeah. So Thursday, 
They say it's mostly the campers that are camping up on the hill and they just kind of do their first walkthrough. So we, we didn't set a goal for the first day, but after that we did set financial Game, we goals. We gamified it a little. Yeah, we set financial goals. We also set, all right, how many of the pamphlets for the Century Farms can we mm-hmm. give out that day? How many conversations can we have that day? And we did. We turned it into a game. We made it fun. You have to. I mean, you have to come up with stuff to to shoot for. And if you make it fun, it's so much easier to get to. It is. And it kind of motivates you when you're tired to stay standing, stay engaged. All these things we just talked about. It helps you to go, gosh, I just need to make a $20 sale. I'm going to hit my goal. Not that you're trying to be salesy, but it just keeps you kind of your head in the game so you're not zoning out with those long days or if the weather is tough and things like that. But then we also talked before the before the fair, what is our overall goal here? What's the purpose of doing this? Is it to move product? Is it to connect with people for landscape photography for their personal walls? Is it to connect with interior designers? And what we we decided was our purpose really was to connect with people about the Century Farms and the Heritage Farms. And so we knew that we wouldn't necessarily sell those there, but we had to keep that in mind, that our goal was to have those really valuable conversations. So for you out there who is thinking about these booths, I think it's important to think through what is your goal? Is it you have to sell X number of things or is it to make connections and then the fortunes and the follow-up for you? But you've got to know why you're doing the show before you go into it. And also, like with the Century Farms, was having the conversation and getting validated that it is something that people do want that are in that community. Research. Research, find out what their needs are, find out where their their pain points are, and and try to work with them. Mm -hmm. So we had one guy that liked the idea but didn't quite want it done that way. And so we had a conversation with him, and I have his phone number, and we'll be calling him back probably after this podcast just to have a conversation about what where we would be you know financially on that project and just see if that works for them and hopefully it does and but a lot of ideas snowballed from having conversations with the people that we want to work with mm-hmm. and it was great okay so tip number seven is an actual phrase that we use we were listening to a book oh shoot i'm not gonna remember the title i might look it up here as we're talking a little bit i'll pop it in here but Realize a book and it's phrases, sales phrases to use. So tip number seven is learn some sales tactics. They are important. Not that you have to be sleazy, not that you have to be salesy and use carbon sales like, but there are certain words, phrases, questions you can ask that make a huge difference. And so the one we wanted to share with you today for tip number seven is, I'm not sure if this is for, right for you, but... And we talked about this one on the way in. We were listening to it. And I said, well, let's just try it out. So the phrase is, I'm not sure if this is right for you, but. And wouldn't you know it, it worked. It it did. There's a a gentleman that was very interested in a print. Mm -hmm. Uh, He liked the big one, but he didn't have the room on his wall. And he just sat there and stared and stared and I come up to him and said well I don't know if this is for you but I have it in this smaller size and boom and 
yeah, not even a second later. He was he like took done. It. Yep. Sold. Yeah, and I liked that phrase because what it does is it introduces the idea of when you say, I'm not sure if this is right for you, the other person immediately goes, well, what is it? If you're not sure if it's right, it, it, it might be right for me. I'm curious, right? So it sparks curiosity. And what I like about it as well is it puts you in a position where you're not pushing anything on anyone. I mean, you're literally saying, I'm not sure if this is right for you but I do have this option or, but this, this has a great feature or whatever it is. So it puts you in a really, I just think a friendly position. And we, we literally said, we're going to practice it and use it. You did and you made an instant sale. So that's tip number seven. I'm not sure if this is right for you, but try it out. Yep, it, it, it does work. It gets their mind going. And uh, yeah, I mean, it did work when we used it. Also handing out flyers. There's a few people that are kind of on the fence. You can kind of tell they're reading the the fold out. What is that thing called? The rollout mm-hmm. where, where it's a, a banner. It's yeah. a big banner. Mm-hmm. And we kind of laid it out and didn't, didn't lay all of it out. Just, you know, big letters and nice photos so they could look at it and be interested in it. And I came around the corner a few times and said, I don't know if this is for you. But I shoot Century Farms, Family Farms, mm-hmm. Heritage Farms, and Acreages. And that made handing out brochures way easier. Because otherwise you're like, here you go, here you go, here. And everyone's like, no, thanks, no, thanks. When you said, I'm not sure if this is for you, but I have some information about Century Farms. Like everyone took one. Oh, yeah. It was very disarming. Okay, next up, we wanted to talk about tip number eight here, which is posting on social media during the events. So whether it's one day, three days, 10 days. Let's talk about that a little bit. So we, we discussed me going live every day and giving the state fair update. Mm-hmm. I did not do very well at that. But I, I did do it a few times. And then also just at down times or if we're there early enough and we didn't do our little walk to watch the, you know, when we get there early in the morning, they walk the Clydesdale horses. Which is really cool. And they're just walking them down the middle of the street. Clip, clip, clip. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's cool. It's cool to see an animal that big Mm -hmm. and they walk in unison. It's just cool to see. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we would go outside and watch that and just kind of get our, get our minds right going in. And I would not do a live, Mm -hmm. but I think going into the future, I would definitely try to do more, try to be on top of it, and then also tell the stories of the photos because that's what people really like. They, they see something, they're like, that's a great photo. And then you tell them the story and it means more to them. They start connecting even more with that photo. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't been there, they might want to go there. And I don't know how many people I've talked to, but we gave them the guide to Moab because, I mean, I've been 40 times. Vivian's been about five now. And there's just so much to do there. Yeah. So we, we were definitely helping people plan their trip to Moab. There was a lot of that. And I think what's important here is post during the event or at minimum gather content. Because you're there anyway, and your stuff is out, and it's displayed, and it looks great. So be snapping photos while you're there. Get some videos while you're there. Go live if you if that's your jam and you feel like you can. But if you can be posting during the event, 
that is gold because you're building energy around it with your audience. And so even if they can't come, what it does is it goes, oh my gosh, there's so much happening over there. Look at Troy. He's doing some really cool things. Oh, I, I love that. I love to support that. There's energy. There's things happening. And it doesn't have to be in a look at me, look at me kind of way, but it does build energy around your brand. And you want energy around your brand. People are attracted to things where there's a good vibe, a good energy. And so they're excited, right? And then they can go, oh gosh, I have you know one of Troy's pieces on my wall and uh, this is so cool and he's doing that and it just builds engagement. So one of the things we did, which is super easy, is we just took a picture of ourselves every day in some different way. We didn't overthink it. We literally like, oh my gosh, we got to get a picture. We'd stop and we'd get a picture and we just posted it as an update every day and it just builds energy. It builds excitement and it does draw people in who maybe would not have stopped by or didn't realize as well. And so there was that too. Yeah, definitely connecting with the audience. It builds community. I mean, I think people enjoyed, there are one or two people who said, do we, do we get our fan picture? You know, like, yeah, absolutely. You got to get your fan picture and post it up here. And so I think it just builds that community, which is really cool. Okay. Next tip up. Speaking of all of this and engaging with people, we were talking some about know when to exit a conversation. There's this fine line of you want to engage. I think it's really interesting with the nature of landscape photography. Everybody wants to show you their pictures of the same place if they have it or show you a cool place so that phones come out, you know, you're scrolling through, you're looking, you're talking campsites, you're talking all these things. They show you every single picture they have. It's great. You're building rapport with them, but people are walking by that you're not getting to engage with. And so there's this fine like dance. And so we talked about that a lot of know when to exit a conversation. And I saw you, Troy, a couple times get really stuck in conversations. And so that's where I think a person with you can help with that. They can run a little interference or they can at least engage with other people. But we even talked a little bit and I had offered to you, Troy, Hey, when there's a pause and you know you need to exit the conversation because at some point you do need to move on and there are those who just stay for a while and like love them, right? Don't introduce a new topic. And so we had a couple of things that we could do where we said, all right, well, enjoy the fair, right? It's like something that says this has been great, but now it's time to move on. Yeah, I had a difficult <laughs> time getting out of a few conversations, which there were good conversations, but like Vivian said, you know, you do have to move on. You do have to try to talk to more people. There are people passing by. And what, well, two were these younger children, and they are into photography. And I talked to the mom and the older daughter, I believe, but she's probably, I don't know, 12 maybe. But uh, later on, her brother wasn't able to be in the booth. So she brings her brother back about 7 o'clock. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had a nice conversation with him. He won an award for his fo- a photo that he had taken in Glacier National Park, I believe it was. And, you know, we were having a great conversation. But at some point, it's like, okay, yeah, guys. It's like a 45-minute conversation. Yeah. And you are there to to run a business, right? And you do need to make sales. And so I I think this is just important to point out of that balance, that dance of no disrespect to anyone. And you want to be able to have these conversations and you loved engaging with the kids. I think that was huge. And you took a lot of time for them. 
And that builds rapport, right? That is that is so valuable. On the flip side, you do have to find that balance, especially if you're running a booth by yourself. Because what you're doing is you're allowing other people to walk by and they don't feel like they have your attention and you don't look attentive to them. And then that gives them, you know, they're not positive feelings for them. They're like, oh gosh, all he does is talk about camping trips and I'm curious about this piece of artwork or whatever I want to talk to. So it's it's being respectful to all of your clients, all of your customers. So you have to have a couple of phrases that help you exit that. And so one that we found were, were just to say things like, well, I hope you enjoy the rest of the fair. Or it's okay, I think, to say too, this has been a great conversation. I need to go straighten this up. Or it looks like that person has a question. It's okay to say that and to end the conversation. Yes, it is okay to end conversations. And just be polite about it. Don't, you know, there's no need to... Don't embarrass anyone or... Yeah, yeah. And, and just, yeah, most of all, just be polite about it. And if, they, if they're still in the booth and they're still looking at stuff, do check back with them, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to learn how... It's, it's a dance. Like, it's a lot of, like you said, peopling. Before we hopped on, like, it was a lot of peopling. You do have to be attentive and read people, read their body language and just read the situation and decide, you know, am I going to stay in this conversation for a while? Because some of those longer conversations do lead to some really great things. Well, yeah, the, the we had one lady that she's probably in the booth for about half hour. Both Vivian and I had conversations with her mm-hmm. and she had several prints in her hand and then she just puts them all down and leaves. And mm-hmm. we're like, what happened? You know, mm-hmm. we, we thought things were going really well. Well, she comes back the next day with her husband mm-hmm. and ends up making a pretty pretty decent purchase. Yeah, I more mean. than she had in her hands the first day. Yeah, and her her husband, I will will say this, some women's husbands were, <laughs> were, were killers of sales because the woman, you know. Yeah, don't she, be that guy. Yeah, she, she's coming in. She's like, I know exactly where they'll fit in the house. And the husband comes up and just kind of looks at it like, we don't need that. And it's like. Yes, you do. <laughs> this is going to bring you joy. And, and some people don't realize, you know, having nice photos on your wall, not, you know, having your family and everything's great too, but mm-hmm. having a photo of nature is calming, relaxing, and it is, it, it is good for you. Yeah. Yeah, there were a couple of times that happened and you're like, oh, gosh, dang it. I think, it, and you know, it is okay. It is, it is okay for... People, I think especially couples to decide how they want to spend their money together, you know, for sure. But there were definitely a couple of times where I'm like, man, you're just kind of a killjoy there. <laughs> yeah. You could tell that it was a possibility for them and someone would just come in and just, just kill it, you know, and you're like, come on, man. Yeah. Well, th- this woman, though, her her husband's like, what? Go with the bigger one. And I'm like, yeah, you probably want the bigger yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best. That's yeah. She, she's like, I don't have room on the wall. So, so we, yeah, we worked with her and. She's one of them that I got an order for, so we'll, we'll get that going and yeah. signed and out the door here real real shortly. Met just some really cool people, which I think is, is awesome. It, overall, just like a really great experience. But I do want to point out, because part of the whole purpose of this podcast is to encourage people, right? To encourage people who are in the trenches right now, thinking about getting in the trenches, needing that encouragement, maybe trying something new, maybe going into it and just need a fresh perspective or those reminders of like, yes, I have 400 events, booths under my belt, but that's a good reminder. 
But I think too, just to pull back the curtain and let people know the reality of things. And so one of the things that we are banking on is the follow-up. So, you know, Troy, you and I talked beforehand, like you didn't even break even with this show. You still have, you still have some money to make up from it, but we planned for that. But that hasn't felt great. You want to talk about that just a little bit? I mean, even though we kind of knew that, talk us through that part of things. Yeah, I mean, we kind of, we, we had our numbers pretty spot on. We knew where we needed to be. We kind of, and coming out of it, we were right where we needed to be, but still frustrating. I still did not break even. I, I, I'm getting everybody paid, mm-hmm. and so... That feels good. Just and that was one of the goals, like talking about goals. Yeah. Goal was have to have to be able to pay back or buy the product and all that. So that's all covered. But you know, we took we took some money out of our own world, and that's not replaced yet. And you obviously want to make a profit. Like the whole point of owning a business is to make a profit. Yes, yeah. it's, it's to make profits. Make it's to make a living and live out my dream. And I mean. Just doing this as a job, as a career, I mean, I'm so much happier. I'm so much in a, in a better mindset. Just probably, honestly, a better person to be around. Mm-hmm. I would say so. And I, I'll, I'll say that's true. <laughs> yeah, she, she encouraged. She was very encouraging on this decision. That It, it was hard for me. I, I did enjoy my other job. I just, it was breaking down the body a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and um, the soul. Yeah, a little bit of the soul at times too. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so as of how we sit today, mm-hmm. I mean, we did hit our goals. Mm-hmm. I will be having conversations with people in the weeks to come, and I will be booking at least three Century Farms, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, we had really good connections with those people. They seemed very interested. So we'll, we'll see how it pans out. But I mean, ultimately, yeah, we we did hit the goal. And today, going through, I, I was counting the money, making sure everything matched up. And, yeah, I was, you know, Vivian looks at me and, and can tell that I'm a little not happy as I... A little discouraged. A little discouraged because I, I really just wanted to get everything taken care of. like. Yeah, and I guess to explain this a little bit, so what we did is we put together a budget... And we knew ahead of time, okay, this is how much product you have in the booth that you could sell. If you sold every single thing, this is what you could make. And then we walked it back from there and said, okay, but you won't sell every single thing. That's that's highly unlikely. So we worked a formula out of what percentage of things we thought could sell. And it was helpful because Troy has some background in inventory and thinking through that. And there's some science behind as as things clear off of your shelves, people stop buying as much. It looks a little picked over. So it's like you have to find this balance of inventory. But the likelihood that you're going to literally sell out of every single thing. So tips, extra tips, bonus tips here. You won't sell everything more than likely. And so you need to figure out what percentage of things you think you're going to sell. So what we did is we took a percentage. We said we think that he could move through the booth this percentage of things. Knowing that and the nature of Troy's business, we knew that there was a likelihood that he would not sell enough products during the fair to make the margins that he wanted and that he would have to sell 
those follow-up items that he would have the the photo shoots to go out and shoot those and that was how we set our goals then when we talked about that tip of setting goals our goal was to have conversations so that he could book century and acreage and heritage farm photo shoots for families in the future that was the main goal and that being said it all worked out exactly like almost to the dollar what we expected he moved almost the exact percentage even though the coasters didn't sell other things did more so it all worked out the percentages we expected and we said he'd have to sell one century farm shoot to break even and then anything on that would be profit that's literally my friends exactly where he's sitting right now and I think it's important to share those things because it's easy for people to think like oh man you did the fair and you just you know you probably just made all this money and you're so successful and you're an overnight wonder and I think Troy you are all those things (laughs) you're awesome but it's good for people to know like the reality of things. Now for others, your goal might be that you do need to sell a hundred of your thing and then that you're going to make money that way. And that's, that's a fine goal to have too. And for certain business models that will work at an event like this or at a booth like this for Troy's type of work, that wasn't the goal. And so all that being said, there is still, even though you're sitting exactly where you expected to be to the dollar, there's still a little bit of, gosh, dang it, it would have been cool, right? And so I think not getting lost in that is important. Yeah, I mean, it would have been awesome to sell, you know, yeah. four, four of the big prints and, and you know, the, the, the little bit smaller ones. I mean, yeah. The overnight success story is cool. Yeah, oh, it would have been awesome to come back and be mm-hmm. like, I, I sold it all. Blew it, out of the, blew it out of the park, yeah. But And I think we did. Like, you did. Like, w- when you stop and think about it, and you're, you're like, yeah, we, we we did. We did exactly what we thought we were going to go in and do, which I believe will bring out the outcome that we wanted. I think that we it's will book. It's the long game. Yeah, it is the long game. We will book Century Farms. It, it did go over real well with the people we talked to. And, yeah, so I'm just I'm looking forward to having those conversations with people. We also connected with a distillery that does they make whiskey out of century farms so that was a good connection to have we i I talked what vivian talked to the wife of the man who owns it i I talked to the owner as well and we are going to take a road trip and definitely do a tasting of some of that whiskey and just go out and have another conversation when you know when you're at the fair you're busy and you can have a conversation with all these other people but Sometimes it's brief because you do have people walking in and you do have to explain what you're doing there. And so my conversation with him was very brief. So it, the fortune is in the follow-up. Like yes. that I think is a takeaway for sure for everyone listening is the fortune is in the follow-up. And even if you, even if you blew out everything in your booth, that's a one-time thing, right? Like a business is built on sustainability. And so the follow-up, the relationship building the fortunes in the follow-up that's really important so what when it's all said and done mm-hmm. were you surprised at what some people were asking for because i was surprised with how many people wanted calendars <laughs> so that was a tip that kind of got cut so i guess we'll throw it in here real quick bonus tip 
you know, these types of things are great for validation. I know I've talked about validation before. Validating your product is huge. And that was one of the things we talked about was this was an opportunity for you to validate the Century and Heritage Farm offering, right? You're going to be in front of a bunch of people. And if you pitch your product or your idea to like literally thousands of people and you get a lot of if you get a lot of negative feedback or they are super excited and then they see your pricing and go, oh, and you see that again and again, you're getting validation, right? Now it can go the other way. And so that was one of the things we talked about a tip possibly being is you can use things like this to research as well. And so, yeah, people, a lot of people ask for calendars. A lot of people ask for more cow photos. A lot of people asked for Colorado shots. And so, <clears throat> Obviously, it's important to remember that if you went and did the same type of thing in at the Florida State Fair, they're probably not going to be asking for cows, you know, and things like that. However, Colorado is kind of universal when it came to people who travel. And so, you know, you can start extrapolating. That's a word, right? I think I've got that right. You can start to dissect what people want and calendars was definitely one that was asked for one person said mouse pad I don't think you should do mouse pads but that was interesting but yeah I think that's a takeaway is listen to what people are saying what are they asking for are they asking for it in a different size are they asking for it a different price point are they asking for something completely different that you don't even have that maybe you need to carry next time and then you need to consider will that translate next year or will that translate to a different audience or is that specific a lot of people ask do you have iowa state fair photos like obviously you go do pella market they're not going to be asking for iowa state fair photos in general so i think that was important to think about but calendars yeah i mean i think people still like calendars you guys tell us you listening out there we are we're a little split on this one i think calendars are still a thing troy says no so maybe you can help settle this debate for us. Would you reach out to, I've got all of my contacts down the notes below. Would you buy a landscape, beautiful photos, beautiful photos calendar from Troy or from anyone? Do you still use a calendar? I would like to hear from you. Help us settle this debate. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, we, this is a debate that we've had many a times. And I might end up breaking down and doing it. <laughs> But I'd also like to thank all the people that said they need more Colorado photos. So now I can tell Vivian, we need to get back to Colorado. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Troy, we always wrap up with some rapid fire questions. Oh, no. Are you ready for these? Yeah, I guess. All right. <laughs> cool. What is the biggest misconception about owning a business so far? That you'll build it, they will come, and that success comes easy just because you're doing it mm. one of my favorite things to say is you think if you build it they will come and they are not coming you have to get them there That's okay right. what's an important piece of advice i'm gonna switch this one up a little bit what's an important no i'll no i'm gonna leave it the same sorry okay okay what's an important piece of advice you've been given and actually applied to your business Oh, boy. It better be one I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> you you and probably others. What One is, is to listen to the customer. I mean, mm -hmm. validation, 
ask questions. If, if they're looking at your stuff and not seeing exactly what they want, ask the question, what, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And is it something that I can provide or is it something that maybe I know somebody that can provide it? Huge. That's great. That was one people would ask me, hey, do you have a business card? And we always followed up with a question. Yes, absolutely. Is there something you're looking for? Right. So that's a question. That is correct. Yep. What would you tell your 18-year-old self knowing what you know now? At 18, I should have started this. Mm. I mean, so I, I didn't have the skill set at 18 to start this. But if I had the mindset and the practice then, I'd be so much further along. Love it. What is your favorite kickback and relax beverage? I know this one. <laughs> I, I am an IPA drinker. I love hitting breweries. I, I Whenever we travel, I hit a brewery and I try their IPAs. He sure does. I love it. Is there a song, a book, or a podcast that is inspiring you or you find inspiration from? I am big into music, and I love the Joe Rogan podcast, but music right now, man, I, I just listen to so much, but li- listening to people that, uh, you know, bands and stuff that I know didn't have instant success definitely motivates me, mm. and, and people that I know that were on the road fighting for just years, so I'm trying to think, there's a country singer right now, I, Jelly Roll. So I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do listen to his music because I've heard his story on Joe Rogan. And I'm just like, man, this guy fought for a long time to get to where he is. And that just just knowing the, the battle that he took to get where he is mm-hmm. is definitely inspiring. Love it. What excites you most about the future? Becoming a famous photographer <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah so, some people at the iowa state fair said oh i've i've heard of you and stuff I'm like <laughs> what that's great i'm i'm hoping that's true yeah and so I, I don't know about being exactly famous but you know just just being known and being known for what i am photographing mm-hmm. what's something people often get wrong about you man i don't know i'd have to ask somebody else that probably i'm kind of a quiet guy so they they might get that i might not be interested in what they're saying but i am i'm just quiet and listening and taking it in Mm -hmm. yeah and i try to remind people too you're a little hard of hearing because of being next to that saw for too long yeah 20 20 years of meat cutting those those saws are not quiet Mm -hmm. and yes i i do have a little bit of hearing loss so if i'm just looking at you blankly and I'm trying to hear you. I really am. (laughs) Glad that's over. All right. Last one here. What do you feel business owners, which you now are one, can do to make the world a better place? Well, I think, especially in my case, is to give back. So, you know, I joined the Potawatomi Conservation Foundation Board. I, I want to help. Potawatomi County, where I live now, have great parks. So that's what I'm doing. Other business owners, there's so many things that they can do, and it's what they're passionate about and how they can give back to the community. So business owners have to answer that for themselves. But for me, 
it, it's the conservation aspect of the county that I now live in and call home. So that that's where I'm at on that. I love it. It's good. Well, Troy, congratulations. You made it onto your wife's podcast. I know. And everybody would think that this would be easy. And it actually, I mean, I've asked several times and she keeps telling me, well, fill out the application. I'm like, really? <laughs> I have to fill it out too. Yep. That's right. We only bring, we only bring quality, quality interviews, quality stories here. So, you know. Well, I hope I'm a halfway decent to listen then. <laughs> I think so. I, I am, I'm just really proud of you. So I want to be sure to say that I'm proud of you. And I think it's important for people to remember success doesn't happen overnight. And having the support of people around you, whether it's a spouse, a partner, friends, family, that it's key for these entrepreneurs out there. It's key for me. I think it's key for you. And just tell, tell those entrepreneurs in your life that you're proud of them. Even when, like, you know, you're. I'm proud of you even when we're not sure where it's all going, right? Yeah. And how long it'll be. And if you decide this isn't for you, I'm still proud of you because you're following a dream and you're trying something out. Yes, this, is, this has been a dream since I was 18, probably before I was 18, to be a photographer. And, and when you're young, it was be a National Geographic photographer, but now that's kind of a, you could still do it. And we've, we've you know, gone to speeches or shows mm -hmm. where National Geographic photographer is talking and tells how he, he did it, but it's not the only way. And now there's so many avenues and uh, yeah, the support of friends and family and, and just, yeah, I've had a lot. So very grateful for everybody that, that has shown up and has told me, you know, go after it. And we had people, one more quick story. Mm -hmm. We had sure. people buy magnets and they said they're going to put them on their refrigerator and every time they look at it, they're going to pray for me to be successful and, and to go after it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's crazy. And Vivian got a little teary-eyed on I, that For one. sure. I'm getting a little teary-eyed again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I make you cry right before we get <laughs> off this thing? But, I mean, the power of that, like mm -hmm. hearing that, like it, it blows your mind. And, yeah, if you know someone that, that wants to do a business and you feel that they can do it, yeah, definitely support them. It's a it's a big deal because the money it doesn't always come in, and you are scraping at times to make that money. And so, yeah, just be supportive and be patient. It 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 is a process for sure. Awesome. All right, my friend. Thanks so much for being here. I love you. I love you too. Can I can I tell them where to go to find me? Yes, yes, of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. So if Troy, if someone wants to find you. What's the best way to find you? Do a little self-promotion here. So you can find me on Facebook at Cooley Photography. That would be K-U-H-L-I-I Photography. And you can find me on Instagram, same handle. And you can go to CooleyPhotography.com and you can find me there. And you can, you know, feel free to make comments on my post. Message me. I'm always down for a conversation. I love photography. I love the outdoors. The outdoors has actually like saved me. When I was young, I had a lot of anxiety and a panic attacks and just, you know, didn't want to leave the house. And a lot of my, my friends that have been, you know, on this journey with me for a while know that I wouldn't leave the house at times for like weeks or months. Mm -hmm. And so traveling and getting out of the city 
and, and I mean, it's made me a whole different person. I, I don't do meds. I'm a totally functioning adult now and I can go out and do things and it's great. So yeah, just, just make sure that you are supporting your loved ones in whatever they do. Yeah. I agree. Well, thanks so much. We might have you back again. Maybe. (laughs) And I'm out. All right.